Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? I'm so excited. How are you? Buddy, I'll tell you what, I'm, as, I'm just as excited because today we've got another special guest with us. One of my favorite, if not my, maybe, maybe my favorite guest on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. It's tough because we love having Bobby, uh, Bobby Nightingale Jr. on here. Something we had a soft spot for the Enquirer on this on this podcast, and uh, today we have Xavier's beat writer for the Cincinnati Enquirer slash USA Today. Miss, uh, before I say his name, I'm going to need some clarification from him. This is Adam. Adam, I have had multiple fans of this podcast get a hold of me and tell me that I say your name incorrectly. <laughs> I've got a legion of people out there who have my back. <laughs> no, it's funny because um, one of my mom's really good friends, she like, she loves to listen to Lance McAllister. Yeah. And every time Lance McAllister has me on, he mispronounces my last name. And I've told Lance this, like, privately. And, you know, it's one of those things that can just slip out of your mind. But every time she sees me, my mom's friend, she goes, I'm going to write Lance a letter and tell him how to say your last name, but it's it's Baum. It's Baum. Baum okay. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like, what do I usually say? I feel like I say it, right? Don't I, I feel like we've said Baum. I, don't I know. feel like I say Baum. Maybe, Maybe I say more Baum. I say Adam Baum. Yeah. That's but, what I always thought it was. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then the, you hear people the, like Lance say it, and you're like, wait a minute, am I saying he it He throws like an L in there sometimes. No, yeah. It's like uh, my whole entire childhood growing up, I was Adam Baum. Yeah. And and that mispronunciation actually led to a really cool nickname that's growing a, up, which was A Bomb. Yeah, yeah. the Atom Bomb. You're the Atom Bomb. Yeah. That's an awesome nickname. So it's like, on one hand, yeah, people were saying my name wrong, but I feel like I got this really cool moniker out of it. So I, you know, I don't, I don't get upset if someone says it wrong or anything like that. So you're never going to offend me. I love it. Well, I'll tell you this because uh, we've got a huge Xavier fan, and I don't remember which way he said it is. But he's te- he's texted me at least three times, listening to this, telling me I said it wrong, and now I feel better because I've been saying it right this whole time. Adam <laughs> yeah, Baum we've cleared the air. They've cleared the air. Adam Baum with the Cincinnati Enquirer, buddy. Let me tell you something. Uh, so I've had the digital subscription to the Enquirer for a while. I-, I love the paper. My dad gets the gets the paper uh, every day, and I always love that. And I've done it twice. And today, tonight. I signed up for the third time since I've been married for the paper. I'm wow, so excited. Yeah. I absolutely love it. There's nothing better than going outside, grabbing that thing, opening it up, throwing away half of it because it's nothing but ads, <laughs> and then going to town with the rest. <laughs> Be honest with well, you. You throw great. everything but the sports page away, right? <laughs> the older I get, the the more I read. The more I read, the older I get. Gotta be well, it's crazy it's crazy like i mean you just you essentially describe my childhood right like yeah. you know on weekends especially like sitting at the kitchen table reading the newspaper the sports section but the sunday fun just even even in the time that i've been there it's remarkable how much the paper has changed i mean when i was there it used to be so fat and thick and you know, the page size was different and the type was different. And now it's like, it's changed so much, but I think that's, that's sort of a product of the time. I don't, I don't honestly know, 
you know, there will come a time. I don't know if it's in five years, 10 years, 20 years. I think there, there will come a time when the physical newspaper itself probably dies, but I hope that it doesn't. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to hear it, man. I got some cool stuff on the way that I'm sure you'll get a kick out of. Well, I love we. I mean, I still get to read. I feel like I'm still reading all your stuff because I've got the digital. Yeah. But, but uh, I, I, there's something about that. There's something about flipping that thing open, getting a little black on your fa- on your thumbs and fingers. <laughs> yep. You know the fresh ink. Although you're right, last time I did this was about four years ago, and the paper is like a, a regular Tuesday. It's like six pages. Yeah. I know it's crazy. It's insane. Oh man, that's it. So well, anyway, as long yeah. as Adam has something in there, I'm getting it, brother. Let's make it happen. <laughs> that's right. Let's make it happen. So here we go, uh, Mr. Adam Baum from the Cincinnati Enquirer, former Elder Panther. Should we should we just throw it out there to start this thing off? How far are the Panthers going to go this year? Well, um, I, I love how battle tested they are. You know, you could no say doubt. this every year about Elder, but mm-hmm. it's like you work your way through that 10 game schedule and you've sort of seen everything. Um, you know what you can do well, you know what you need to work on, you know what you're going to face in the playoffs. I think getting Cole rain at home, I think that's a nice little, um, sort of entry into the, into the playoffs. But as you know, with Cole rain, man, they're going to be tough. You're going to have to buckle down and, and stop that running game. And, I feel like if Elder's offense can sustain some drives and keep Colerain's offense on the sideline, I think it'll go a long way. But I'm looking forward to seeing what they could do because I feel like, um, you know, throughout the course of this season, I think that there was sort of a mediocre air about this Elder team a little bit. But at the same time, you saw some bits and pieces, some flashes along the way um, that they can play, that they can compete so I think right now, you know, the playoffs is all about putting it together at the right time. So that starts on Friday night. There you go. Yes, sir. I love yes, it. Yes, sir. Are yeah. you going? Are you going to be there? So it's interesting. I, I, I mentioned that I have some cool stuff on the way. And it just so happens that I'm working on – and I'm happy to discuss the details. You know, I'm not giving anything away or anything I like that. But that. I've got the biggest story – that I've ever written, that I've ever been assigned, is literally due on Monday morning. So Holy I have been, cow. yeah, I've been, uh, I've been in the weeds. I've been uh, swimming upstream here a little bit. So I've been putting some work into this thing. And honestly, tomorrow is going to be a big day in terms of me getting it to a place where I'm comfortable with it going into the weekend. So if I can, if I can buckle down, if I can put my head down. And I can crank out some some pages here tomorrow. Then I, I put myself in a place where I might be able to make it on Friday night. But we'll see. I think um, you know I'm optimistic, but sometimes stories have other plans. But I'm stoked about that. That's big. That sounds big time. Is it about the? Can I just ask one question? Is it about? It's a, obviously it's about this year's team. I would assume, correct? No. Oh, no. Ooh, different. So this is even better. Well, I guess there there is a. There is a thread that sort of ties it to the team. Um, and, you know, the, the story is so detailed, it's kind of crazy, but you'll, you'll get a kick out of it when you read it. Um, there was a gentleman who was born in Columbus. He went to Xavier in the 30s. He played football at Xavier. He eventually, he came back. He coached football at Xavier, but he went on. He played for the Cleveland Rams. He played for the Bengals. He was actually a, a pro football coach for a short period of time. 
And uh, when World War II hit, he enlisted. He signed up in the Navy, and uh, he goes on to have just one of the most remarkable military careers. I mean, this guy got two Navy crosses, a silver star. He is today, he's deceased, um, but he's known as the father of the Navy SEALs. Holy and, cow, uh, that's awesome. The, the training, the training center out in Coronado, California is actually named after this guy where the Navy SEALs do their training. So, you know, it's kind of crazy that, that such a legendary military figure, like went to Xavier, played at Xavier, coached at Xavier. I think he was even like the athletic director for one year. Um, so I've been working on this thing for like six months. I've read this guy's memoir. I've interviewed um, two guys that that were both like that. One of them was ninety two. The other one's ninety three. Um, they played they played football for this guy. This guy coached football at Columbia for a short period of time. So, you know, he it, it's probably it's without question the craziest story I've ever done. Um, just because of some of the stuff that this guy got himself into. I mean. It, it, like it, uh, we'd spend this whole podcast talking about the stuff that I mean. It when I say it's the longest story I've ever written, it's it's not even close. It's going to be like five thousand words. My stories are normally like five hundred to seven hundred and fifty words. So <laughs> this, yeah, pretty, is, uh, this is going to be a pretty cool story. I'm pretty stoked about this. So it's due Friday. So it's due Monday. So you're what is that? End of the week? Maybe getting in on Sunday's paper. Next week, next Sunday. Well, we we aren't exactly sure when it's gonna when it's gonna run because there's some things that need to happen on the photography side, and you know I think we're gonna try to do some sort of a video to accompany the story. So, the the plan for when it's gonna run is a little bit fluid right now, um, but I think it, at the very latest it it will be like a holiday story, so maybe around Christmas, but it could be as early as Veterans Day, which is like November 11th. So, yeah. So it's exciting. Oh, so yeah. a story that long is probably only going to be online, correct? No, it's actually uh, they're planning Ooh. to put it on the cover of the newspaper. Ooh, let's go. All right, I need to yeah. find out. I'm Uh-oh. buying a hard copy. Uh-oh. Miss, hey, I, hey, you know what? I'll give you mine. <laughs> I'm coming to your house. <laughs> to the house. Yeah, you got it. Hey, you got a connection now. That's right. I guess nice. between me and my dad, we might be two of the only twelve, <laughs> two out of twelve uh, people in this entire city that still get the paper. So. We've got a couple, well, and Chris, a couple of them. Chris, now you know, like, if, you're, if your paper starts disappearing, I feel like Adam is the <laughs> one suspect. He's the one know? that I got to start looking at. I got to Yeah, he I might just beat you up. I got, the ring, hey, I got the ring doorbell camera, man. I'm going I'm to put it as a spotlight right there in the, in, the, in the driveway. Right in the driveway. I'm watching for you. Oh, Lord. All right, Adam, let's get into the Xavier Musketeers if you want to. Uh, yeah, because I want to. You've been. Uh, have you been going to practices? Uh, I assume. I assume uh, that Travis is still doing what he's been done in the past and, and allowed you guys into practices. Yes. Yeah. It's been. Uh, it's been really cool because after last year, you know, last year I just got to show up for home games and yeah. I wasn't even I wasn't even allowed down on the the main level of the floor, so I was just kind of in a bunker up high off the court, but. It's cool. It's like this year, you know, you're back in the building. I'm allowed to to work in the media room again. I get to go out and watch practice. So it's been cool to see them compete, see some of the stuff they're working on, get to know the new guys a little bit. And yeah, it's uh, it, it feels it feels normal again a little bit. But 
Yeah. So it was it was a welcome sight. So the the big thing, I mean, the crazy thing about this team is there's a lot of new guys, but there's a lot of guys. Well, there's three guys on here, well, two that uh, would not regular would not regularly be allowed to play for this team because they are fifth year seniors due to the COVID deal between Paul Scruggs and Nate Johnson. I believe they're the only two. Oh no, Ben Stanley. Sorry, and Ben Stanley. Yeah. Um. So. With those three staying, that gives us, if I'm not mistaken, 16 players minus uh, two walk-ons, I believe. Is that right? Just singing sw- – I can't say the other guy's name. Sway. So there's actually uh, – there's going to be – there's going to be – I don't know when they're going to announce it, but they've actually just uh, welcomed in a few a few more walk-ons. So they're going to have a long oh. bench. Oh, my gosh. Um, they already had three. And I think they're going to have two more here. One of them is actually Jack Nungy's younger brother, Bob oh, Nungy. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So he followed him to Xavier. He's a freshman this year. Pretty cool story, obviously. Like the Stainbrook brothers kind of a deal? Yeah. Yeah. So that they they look very different. It's kind of crazy to see them next to each other because Jack's like a seven-footer. He's 250 pounds. And his little brother, I think, is you know maybe six three, a hundred and eighty <laughs> pounds. Like it's, uh, but I've seen him shooting it in practice, and he's got a pretty good shot on him. So it'll be it'll be cool. Nice to, to have. But yeah, to answer your initial question, yeah, they've got, you know, it's it, it's kind of crazy because on one hand they do they have all this all this talent coming back, all this experience back, and then they did add to it as well. You know, they got two two. Uh, true freshman uh-huh. Cesar Edwards and Elijah Tucker. Uh-huh. Elijah Tucker's going to redshirt this year, but we've uh, we've gotten to see him a little bit in practice. Um, Cesar is coming along nicely. I think you know he looks like a freshman a lot of times, but there are other times when it's like you, you can sort of see the upside. You can see why his recruiting ranking was where it was. And then they welcomed in Jack Nungy from Iowa and Jerome Hunter from Indiana. So. And those two guys, Nunji and Hunter, I just think I've been really impressed with them. Jack Nunji started practicing this past week for the first time, full go, full contact. And he's looked good, man. I've been really impressed with him. He, he's got a great-looking shot. He's got a really good feel for the game. Like, his basketball IQ is there. And he's obviously going to be someone that gives them a presence around the rim who can rebound and who can score the basketball if needed. And Jerome Hunter, like, I think Xavier fans are going to be really pleased with this pickup because he's a guy who can – sort of a hybrid in that he can play that three, he can play that four, he's 6'8", he can play above the rim, he can shoot it from the perimeter, he can he can drive it off the dribble. Um, the thing with him is going to be, hey, can can you rebound at a high level and can you defend at a high level? If he does those things – I think Jack Nungy and Jerome Hunter are going to be – they're going to see serious minutes playing time this I, year. So I can't, it's exciting. I can't, figure that, I can't figure that part out because as I go up and down this roster and I look at this, you got Scruggs, Colby Jones, who – I mean, obviously Colby Jones was probably our best scorer. Or he, he started to become one of our – one of our uh, not best scorer, but uh, best talents – out on the court and you could see that that kid's going to be something as he gets as he continues so oh, for sure so he's a sophomore he's obviously going to be out there as a leader paul scruggs a fifth year senior he's a leader you've got nate johnson who was one of the best three point it the best three-point shooter in all of college basketball until he got hurt um and then you've got and then go down into your big guys where you've got 
Uh, what we got here? We got well, not that doesn't even talk about Dwan Odom, his sophomore year, getting to yeah. see him. Adam Kunkel shooting the ball. That kid's going to get minutes just because of the way yep. he can shoot. And then you've got Kiki Tandy, which is kind of a wild card who tried to leave and he's coming back again. And then Ben Simmons style. Ben Simmons style. There you go. <laughs> Jack Nunge as a big guy. Zach Fremantle, who is going to be who is the is star of this team. And then Deontay Miles, who. Good night from everything I've heard. Deontay Miles has finally put a little bit of weight on and is a killer in practice from what I hear. Yeah, you uh, you hit the nail on the head. That's a lot of this, people, dude. That's a lot of cats I just read off. <laughs> and this, this is going to be the early theme in the season is, you know, you have all this talent. You've assembled this roster of guys who can, who can play. How do you keep them all happy? How do you, how do you figure out who fits well together? Um, because this is honestly a scenario that Travis Steele really hasn't had yet in his career. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you think back to his first year, he's got to sign three graduate transfers just so that his team can practice. Yep. Like that's how thin the roster was. And then on top of it, those three grad transfers end up playing significant minutes throughout the course of the season. And it's like sec- his second year was not much better. They didn't have a ton of depth. And last year with like the, the COVID pauses and the shutdowns and injuries, they didn't have a ton of depth. So this is really the first time in his career as a college basketball head coach that he's going to have to navigate having all of these guys. And I think that's going to be a huge theme early on in the season is how do you manage these minutes? And I, I think that there's a few things that are going to help them be able to ease into it. Number one is the fact that, that it looks like, and, and again, Xavier has not come out and said anything officially on this but if you can sort of read the tea leaves and understand where we're at and the process that would be ahead of him to come back so i went to big east media day last week and i spoke to zach Fremantle when he was there he was on crutches in a walking boot and i asked him i said how long have you been out how long have you been dealing with this and he said eight weeks so you tack on another week we're at nine weeks right now He's still not out of the walking boot. I'm not sure if he's on crutches. I haven't been able to make it up there, but he was last at the end of last week. I think there's a realistic chance that he's going to miss some of those games early in the season. So that helps getting Jack Nunji back. You can sort of bridge that gap a little bit until Fremantle gets healthy, and then you've got Deontay Miles down there down low. But, but yeah, when they do get fully healthy – there's going to be some decisions that are going to have to be made. And I know, you know, not everyone's going to be happy, but I think that, that the fact that they have all this talent, I think it's going to allow them to play different styles. Um, I think that they're going to have some real freedom and flexibility in the way that they play, the way they attack teams. And I think that the more, the better handle that Steele gets on that early in the season, the better off they're going to be over the course of it. So we're going to see how it plays out. But, yeah, that's that's probably the, the thing at the top of my list, the thing I'm most interested in going into the season, is how does he figure this out because it's a big question. It's, an, it's, it's, a, it's a question I can't wrap my head around. I'm telling you that right now. I'm looking up and down this thing. I don't know how I'd be switching these guys in and out. Good problem to have, though. It is a good problem to have, but I've seen this before because uh, Mac had this problem about it might be going back 10 years now where – I remember doing the same thing, looking at the roster and going, "Jesus, Pete, man, we got a ton of kids on this team that can play basketball," and and you end up losing losing guys. Uh, what's the little guy that played for that Xavier team in the uh, in the basketball tournament or whatever it's called? 
There's a little guy who played point guard for him, uh, Randolph or something like that. I can't remember. But he only played for a year, and in the beginning of that season, he got some decent minutes and he looked good, but then he just stopped playing because there was no room for him to be out on the court. And that's yeah. going to happen, and it's probably going to happen to a freshman. And if this, and if Elijah Tucker gets redshirted, I, I, tell me if I'm wrong, but Caesar, Cesar Edwards, I mean, he's got to go over Ben Stanley. He's got to go over Deontay Miles, Zach <clears> – <throat> sorry, Jack Nunge. Uh, Zach Fremantle. I mean, that's a lot of guys to try to jump. So this is gonna, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. And not to mention the fact that we've got 15 shooters on the team too. I don't know what's. <laughs> All right. So tell me who the starting lineup is to start the season, bud. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think with with Fremantle there being some uncertainty with him, um, I am really curious. I think I think asking me this now and asking me this after <laughs> this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they are going to have the secret scrimmage at Vanderbilt. And normally information is very hard to come by. Normally it's like people will tell me, I mean, this is not an exaggeration. In past years, I've had to go through student managers to try to find out like, hey, who played well, wow. um, who started. Like that, they, they normally are very tight-lipped about this stuff. Um, but I, I think right out of the gate, I think there there's no way that you can you cannot start Paul, Nate, and Colby. I think that those guys, those positions are essentially locked up. And honestly, it's hard to say that because I think Dwan Odom is a fantastic talent. I think that that a lot of the things he does are things that can directly impact winning. And I think that the more that you have that guy out on the floor, the better. But he's probably going to come off the bench at least early on. His defense, um, his and, defense, with his defense, I love seeing him come off the bench though. Because yeah. you can you can you can see who's really getting into it in the beginning of the game. Throw that in, it really holds off any kind of crazy run somebody might do to you in the beginning of the game. That kid is that and kid if, is quick as lightning and can jump out of the gym. And if you get him out there and, and get some shooters out there with him, he has so much space. Like his ability to get into the lane and sort of create havoc. Um, I think it's like it's incredibly crucial to to save your success, but. And then I look at like a guy like Jerome Hunter. I think Jerome Hunter, and and this partly has to do with Fremantle being out. I think Jerome Hunter is probably going to be in the starting lineup out of the gate, just because hmm. uh, of a lot of the things that he can do. I think that early on in the season they're going to want to push that pace. They're going to want to get out and run. And the the few times that I have seen this team go live in practice, one of the nicest things that I've seen is Jerome Hunter grabbing a defensive rebound and immediately starting the fast break. He does not have to make an outlet pass. I love that. He does not he does not look uncomfortable with the basketball at all. So it's like their ability if he can rebound to to just get out and run and push the pace right away like it looks really nice when it works out. So I, I like what he brings. Um and then I think it's going to probably be Deontay Miles. And the, the simple matter, the simple fact of the matter is um, Jack Nungy tore his meniscus in his right knee back in February when he was still at Iowa. Mm-hmm. He tore his ACL two years prior in the same right knee. Both times, season ending, required surgery. He literally did not go full go, full contact getting up and down, running up and down the court until last week, since February, since he injured it. So to me, like, there's not a great chance in my mind that we're going to see him 
immediately out there for 20, 25, 30 minutes a game. I think he's going to be slowly sort of gradually worked back into it. So I think that creates an opportunity for Deontay Miles, who already has one Xavier Way gold practice jersey under his belt this season. And that's always a good indication that a guy is ready to go out there and play. I mean, Steele has already done this multiple times in his career where he's based his starting lineup just purely on who are the five best guys in practice based on their Xavier way. So I think that's probably going to be the lineup out of the gate, but who knows if Jack Nungy plays this weekend and he looks really good and he plays in the public exhibition match against Ferris state next week and he plays really good. Maybe he gets the nod. Um, but yeah, I, that, that's the, the thing that's really exciting to me about this team is that they have so many options. You, you know, you can't really know what to expect with what they're going to do. So it'll be exciting. So team wise in relation to the rest of the big East, um, I guess just based on who has what coming back, especially Xavier, um, what kind of where where would they rank highest? What areas of the game are they going to be one of the top two or three shooting teams in the Big East? Are are they going to be one of the top two or three rebounding teams? Are there are, are there is there any area of the game that they're that you expect them to shine in relation to the rest of the league? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I just had to do a like a comprehensive Big East preview. And I think one of the things that this team might be able to do at a really high level, and you saw it quite a bit last year, especially when they had success, and a lot of this was Paul Scruggs, but I think that the way that this team can can potentially share the basketball, I think they have the ability to be one of the best passing teams in the Big East. And I think that starts with Paul Scruggs, with his ability to get everyone else involved. I, I think that that would probably be my favorite choice. Um But I also think, and you know, I know Xavier fans are probably sick of this. Um, They're definitely sick of talking about it. But for Steele's first first three years, his teams have really shot it terrible. With the exception of Nate Johnson last year kind of doing what he did, they have not been good perimeter shooters. And I think that, you know, just based on the law of averages and probabilities, like, I think they're due for a good year shooting the basketball. It has to happen at some point, right? So, you know, Paul Scruggs is way better of a shooter than he shot it last year. Nate Johnson obviously went above and beyond. He looks better this year than he did last year. I know 45% from three is going to be hard to replicate, but if he can be another guy in that 40 to, to 42, 43 range, that's really good. Adam Kunkel was abysmal last year from three, and he's a way better shooter than that. I mean, I just watched him win the gold practice jersey, and at practice they put they have these two TV screens that sit on the baseline, and on one of the TV screens, it is literally just the Xavier Way practice stats and formula. Like he essentially won that gold jersey because he shot lights out. Like I, I can't remember how many threes he made in one week, but. I talked to Travis at Big East Media Day, and he said, you know, they track every shot in practice, live ball action, and Kunkel's been shooting like 46 or 47% from three-point range in practice. So they have guys who can knock down shots, and I think Colby Jones is going to take a step shooting the ball this year. But think about it like this. There there are going to be times this year when Xavier has Paul Scruggs, Zach Fremantle, Nate Johnson, Colby Jones – 
and Jerome Hunter or Jack Nungy on the floor together at the same time. All of those guys are threats from three-point range. Mm-hmm. All of those guys can make threes. So I think if this is the year when they figure it out and they can finally put the ball through the basket from beyond the arc, I think they have the potential to be a really good three-point shooting team. I know that the Xavier fans at this point are probably like, hey, I need to see it before I believe it. So we'll see if they can do it. But those are probably the two areas that sort of jump out to me the most. Tell you what, you put those two together. Yeah. It's a super dangerous offensive team. I, I, you, listen, there's only one team in the Big East that's ranked in the top AP top 25. AT. AT. The AT. <laughs> Associated the Chess. At, the, yeah. Yeah, the AP top 25 uh, preseason, and it, the only one is, is Villanova. So, uh, and I don't know if there's anybody. Uh, I, th- I know Xavier's somewhere down. If you look underneath there, with who gets well, UConn right. actually snuck in. I think oh, UConn was 20, 23 or something like okay. that. But yeah, Nova that. was four. I keep forgetting um, UConn. I keep forgetting about UConn. I know, so fresh, so fresh and so clean. <laughs> I was uh, I was thinking about you know I, I sort of like to to take a look at at the schedule at the beginning of the year because I'm traveling again this year to all the road games. Nice. And I saw UConn on the schedule, and I was like, man, I forgot about that. It's going to be my first time going to, up to UConn to, to watch a game. So it's it's easy to forget that they're back in the Big East right now. Well, you know, Connecticut's a jumping state, so I'm sure there'll be a lot going on up there. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially in uh, – well, I think they're there in the heart of January or yes. February. love so. it. Yeah, let's go. Nice and cold for you, Bob. Yep, you may not be getting back for that next home game. Um. All right, man. I mean, listen. Is there anything we're missing here? But I, I don't know. I, I wanted well, to, yeah, I wanted to know how the uh, how they stack up, kind of in the Big East, and and you went over the the roster. Well, so it's interesting with the Big East. Like, you know, they got picked to to finish third in the Big East poll, and I had to do this Big East preview that they asked me to do. And they wanted me to do my own predicted order of finish, which I honestly, I hate doing because it's like my name is on it. Yes, it is. If I, if I am completely way off, number one, there's a reason why I don't bet on sports games. I am terrible at picking Uh winners. (laughs) Um, So they asked me to do this and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of a shortcut, but it was smart. I, I asked basically the rest of the beat writers around the Big East, <laughs> excuse me, to send me their predicted order of finish, and then I just averaged it out. And even in that, the Big East writers picked Xavier third. So I think, you know, there's a lot of high expectations for this team this year, and I think it's easy to understand why. It's just going to be a question of can you put it all together? And I've written this many times, but it's like, they need they need to show improvement over the course of the season. You need to be a better team in March than you were in, in November. It's as simple as that, and and that hasn't been the case the last few years. Yeah, so yeah, that's I. You're exactly right there. That has been one thing that Steele's had trouble with is this the team continuing to get better. They can, you know, you can you can look really good against fair states of the world, but yeah, uh, it, when you get into Big East plays, your team getting better. I, I think that's worded perfectly. Yeah, that's what I'll be. That's what I'll be tracking this year, man. But it's like, I, you know, I, I'm optimistic that that they're that they're looking at a good year. But again, it's one of those things where it's like you're going to have to show it um, for anyone to really believe it at this point. So, 
I like it. Hey, before we get into, before we let you go, and and, and I don't know if you uh, looked into anything on the Mount Rushmore that we're doing this week. Uh, oh, I did. You did. All right, good. So, but, yes. so before we get into that, I got a question for you. I was doing a little reading beforehand here today, and uh, is it true that you got you started taking a journalism class your senior year just because the classroom was closest to the parking lot? Yeah, so where I'm curious where you read that at, or where you saw it was that. on Cincinnati.com. I told you I just signed up today for the for the okay. for the paper, so right. I was just messing around on Cincinnati.com and yeah, and, that's uh, uh, found that bad boy from last that, year. Yeah. That's 100 percent a true story. So I'll I'll give you the the Cliff Notes version here, but um, you know when you're in high school, like when you're a freshman, you don't really have a lot of liberty in picking your classes, but when you're a senior you have a little bit of freedom in like, Hey, I want to take this class and I've got an open period at this time. So I had my whole schedule planned out for my senior year with the exception of my seventh period, my last class of the day. And I was, I was down, I was considering astronomy. Um, and I don't know why at the time I just thought, you know, it'd be cool to learn more about the universe. But the other option on that list was journalism and the journalism class, if you're not familiar, it's in the Shaper Center. At least it was when I was there. And it was like the la- the furthest classroom in the Shaper Center. So you could literally, you could walk out of your classroom, walk out of the Shaper Center doors, and you were standing in the parking lot, yeah. like right at my car. And I was like, oh, that's so perfect. I'll take this class. Every day I'll get out of here. I'll be first the first one out. in my car. I won't have to wait in traffic at all. So that's literally... Um, why I started taking journalism. <laughs> so, ju- so just to let you know how old Adam and I are, uh, we, there was no Shaper Center when we when we were at Elder. There was Revco. It was. It, I thought it was IGA. Was it Revco? It was Whatever Revco. it was. Yeah. It was. It was an abandoned building when I was there for all four years. Your freshman year probably still it was, was that still, Revco. It was yeah. A little, yeah it was a Elder owned it all four years I was there. Adam's freshman year, it still was a drugstore slash Walgreens kind of a kind of a place. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> you weren't. You weren't. You, if you went in after after. School, you had to leave your backpack at the door, and you you couldn't have more than like two kids in there at the same time because everybody stole. <laughs> oh, that's there. funny. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, it's come a long way since then. Boy, you ain't kidding. Yeah. I went there for the Darius Rucker concert the, uh, a few weeks back, and and uh, man, that place is. I didn't know they like added on. Not they added on to the Shaper Center since then. They they're like adding on all over the place. Pretty soon they're going to be in Seton's parking lot. I know, man. It's crazy. It's how it's. I can't believe how much it's changed even in the time that since I've been there, sure. you know? Sure. I agree. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. I like that. And now uh, look at you now, yeah. right? Look at you now. You're, you're a famous, you're, right. you're talking to all, you're, you're, you're a famous, <laughs> famous writer, uh, slash journalist for the, for the inquiry USA today for the USA today. I think that I like, I like for the USA today. That, that sounds right? way better. Yeah. I mean, we're owned by the same company, so right. we're, uh, yeah. we're under that umbrella. I love it. But, since you since you hate this so much, since you hate predicting so much, what is your score? What is the final score of Panthers versus Cardinals this weekend? Oh, that's a good one. I'm gonna go. See, my my issue is is I haven't really done a lot of homework on Colerain. I know I'm guessing that they're gonna be pretty good defensively, but I I would think that that maybe something like a 28-21, 28-24 type game. Panthers um I I would anticipate it being close you know but 
I'm also curious about the weather too. I'm a little worried about that because I, I looked at the radar or the forecast and I think they're calling for pretty steady rains oh, on Friday. That sucks. Um, yeah, that. Which, <laughs> which I think honestly benefits the team that does not throw the ball a ton. So that mm-hmm. that's a little bit concerning, but we'll see. Maybe we'll get lucky and the, the rain will disperse for game time. I like it. I hope so. I like it. All right, so let's get into it, brother. You you are the guest uh, of the day, Mr. Adam Baum, Cincinnati Enquirer beat writer for the Xavier Musketeers. You, my friend, are going to participate in our Mount Rushmore segment, which is the, what was it, the greatest yeah, sports jersey numbers. jersey numbers. So, Adam, yeah. we're going to let you go first, but what do you got? Well, you know, when I was thinking about this, like uh, a recurring theme kept kept popping up. And initially it was like I sort of gravitated to, towards the numbers that I loved. <laughs> Excuse me. Towards the numbers that I loved when I was a little kid. Um, you know, for instance, we've talked about my dad before. My dad played um, semi-pro baseball, mm-hmm. minor league baseball with the Oakland A's. And he was number five. So when I was a little kid, I was obsessed with number five. I played catcher. I loved Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench was number five. So number five was always like near and dear to my heart. Um, so that that's probably my number one. I like. All it. right. I like it. And now now we get into to the part of it where it's like there is there's this theme with the rest of my numbers. And I don't know, maybe we're going to have some in common, but they're all repeat numbers. So they're double digits, um, 33. And I, I have reasoning behind it. So when I was young and I was playing basketball, I don't know why. Obviously I loved Michael Jordan. Um, I loved Kobe Bryant, but when I was like a young buck and I first started playing for whatever reason, Grant Hill was like my favorite player. I love Grant Hill, and he was number 33. So every year in basketball, I was number 33. Nice. (laughs) So I love 33, and then 44, like, you know, Brian Bosworth. Like, just something about tough. Yeah, something about tough dudes wearing number 44. Like, I I wore that often in my football career. Um, And then the last one I I struggled with, but I thought about it, and I – I love the image. I love 88. 88 is just a cool number to me. Um, like some all-time great wide receivers wore that number. Absolutely. And a guy who I absolutely love in the NFL right now, he's on my fantasy team, is C.D. Lamb in Dallas. Yeah. I think I think he's a phenomenal talent, and the 88 looks good on him, man. So that's that. there's a, a noticeable theme there and that I got 3-3, three, 4-4, three, four, four, and 8-8. Eight, eight. So, I like it. Um, Go figure. I like that. But that, I'm, cur- I'm curious what you guys think. That's up, good. But. That's good. Adam, you want to go? I'll go. I'll go next. I'll yeah. run through these because these are mine are pretty simple. So I'm gonna go. What, the my first one. Uh, I'll just make this the first one because it goes right along with your first one. I love the number five. I've been my dad was Johnny Bench guy. Uh, I was number five or number three in every single thing I ever did. Now my son wears number five. Uh, on the baseball field everywhere he can so number five uh yeah i mean that's number one number two is number three i love number three that's my number that's what i wear constantly i don't care what sport it is 
I'm number three. Why? I have zero idea. I, I just have always been number three for as long as I can remember. And then the next two are pretty simple, right? 23. I mean, go back through time. Michael Jordan. Yep. You've got uh, you've got LeBron, uh, who was 23. 23 in basketball was a phenomenal number. Everybody wanted it. Everybody needed it the way we grew up. And the last but not least is 24. Those are my two favorites. 24 is an easy one. Ken Griffey Jr., uh, my yep. all-time favorite baseball player. Willie Mays was 24. Um, Barry Bonds was 24. I mean, all the best baseball players were 24, and all the best basketball players were 23. That's, That's how true. it was in the late 90s, early 2000s, the way I saw it. So 24, 24 was on my short list, actually, for Griffey. I, I had that written down. I was like – and I didn't go with it, but that's a good one. Uh, that's, I mean, there's so many. I mean, ba- that was a that's a huge number in baseball when you go back and look at some of the all time greats. So, um, yeah. and that's my sport of choice. So, 23, 24, 3, and 5. Adam Schmidt, Adam, I'm going to tell you this. Adam, he's got, uh, I'm looking over there now. He's got 17 numbers written down. He's got, <laughs> he has names next to every single one. He's got a list. This could take about, this might take a second, but go ahead. <laughs> Let's run through this. He finally did star him as we were sitting here. He did, well, no, he starred five. So once again, he can never make a decision. <laughs> he can't narrow it down to four yet, so let's see what we get. So there were eight presidents on Mount Rushmore, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So my favorite sport is basketball. My two favorite players of all time are Michael Jordan and Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. I do not have 23 or 33 on my Holy list. Holy cow. Are you serious? That's hard. I thought 33. When he said 33, I thought I thought that was an easy one for you. I. In my phone, Adam's name is his airness. It doesn't even say Adam. Like I tell when I'm in, when I'm driving down the street and I have to tell my car to call somebody, I hit it and I say, uh, "Call his airness." Yeah, I, I it's I, I don't thought know. 20, I'm cry, I, I I'm thought gonna, 23 would definitely be there. I thought 33 would definitely be there. I'm so gonna, I'm interested to hear what the rest of this is. I'm gonna cry myself to sleep over those, but I'm going with I got to go with number 21. You had Garnett, Tim Duncan. Uh, Roberto Clemente, Roger Clemens, Warren Spahn, Deion Sanders. I mean, some of the best in every sport yep. represent that number. Um, 34, Shaq, Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, Charles Barkley, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kirby Puckett, Nolan Ryan, Walter Payton. So, once again, Adam didn't do – Adam, we, we always say that this is our – it's your Mount Rushmore. Take it as your own. Make it your own. Adam just went and found the most popular numbers, no, I, the greatest <laughs> players, and just made it that way. I, Me and Adam are like – Adam's like, yeah, I just really liked 44. You know, <laughs> That was another one that was hard because my favorite baseball player of all time is Eric Davis. Exactly. You yeah, you like, did. 44. So hard. And then, and then Pistol Pete Maravich was 44 as well. Um, That's right. So I'm going 32 because I mean Magic, Carl Malone, yeah, Sandy Koufax, Jim Brown, Kevin McHale, Kajana Carter, Kajana Carter, obviously. I got a uh, Kajana Carter jersey when I was a kid, and it was the best thing in the world because I just put duct tape over it I was and wrote the, wrote the wrote ba- the whoever Bengals running back was at the time because like the next eight <laughs> Bengals running backs were all 32. Yeah, that's true. All right, so I got 21, 34, 32, and I'm going with you guys on number five. Number five. Oh, okay. I'm a big Jason Kidd fan, love him. Kevin Garnett was five with the Celtics. Also a big Jalen Rose fan. You had Albert Pujols, George Brett, Jeff Bagwell, of course, Johnny Benz, Joe DiMaggio. I mean, number five in base. That might be the best baseball number. I have no doubt. Um, yeah. And, uh, and and obviously uh, Mr. Mr. Baum. Mr. Baum, yes. Yeah. yes. And, uh, and then, right. yeah. 
and I mean that's too many too many great players that are number five to not put that on there. So that's it. I got 21, 34, 32, and five. I apologize to Larry and Michael who uh, always listen to this podcast. It's unbelievable. They were just on. They were just on last week. Yeah. They were asking us who was going to be our guest this week. I'm, in fact, I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're listening now. They said they were going to subscribe to Cincinnati.com. Yep, so just they're, for the they're Zavers. heartbroken. Just they, they just they just turned this podcast off. <laughs> they did. Yep, they're no longer listening to us anymore. <laughs> oh Lord. Adam, so who who picks the uh, the Mount Rushmore themes? Is that something you guys alternate? Yeah, we alternate. Yep. We so we do a Mount Rushmore, and then we also do a uh, we watch a new comedy special every week. So the end of the podcast, we we kick the sports out early. At the end of the podcast, we'll do uh, the Mount Rushmore, and then we wa- we both watch a comedy uh, special, and then we rate it how many ha's and stuff like that. All right. So who whose specials did you watch this week? Go ahead, brother. It was uh, Chad Daniels. Chad Daniels. Twelfth yeah. Night. This is a new special he just came out with. Uh, on he put it out on YouTube. Chad Daniels. I don't know how big you are into comedy, Adam, but if you ever get a chance to watch Chad Daniels, he's pretty. He's pretty funny. His last one was called Dad Chaniels. Uh, it was all about him being a dad. It was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I'll write that down. I, I, I do like watching stand-up specials. I think uh, you know. I think there's a real art to that and doing it well and. Um, yeah, Netflix is really good with like cranking those out. Yes. Um, I like, I, I love Tom Segura. Like, oh, yes. Like he's hilarious. oh, yes. Top 10 for sure for both of yeah. us. So, on the record, we need your uh detailed opinion on the whole Dave Chappelle LGBT. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't do that to yourself. No. Um, <laughs> if, it, if it makes a difference to you, we both we both rated it. We talked, Adam talked about it like it was the worst one that he's done, and it might have been the worst one, but he still got almost a five out of both <laughs> yeah. of us because Dave Chappelle is just amazing at how he does what he does. The best, and ever. he's uh. He's an Ohio guy. Yeah, it's right. Yellow Springs, bud. Yellow Springs. Yeah. That's right. No, I, I honestly I haven't seen his special yet, but I did see. I saw the video that just came out like the other day of him sort of responding to the backlash, which yeah, he don't. Care. You know, I thought I thought that was, it was pretty comical the way he handled it. He's so. super good at that stuff, and if you really watch the special, it's he does a really good job of of taking some serious stuff and getting serious for a second flipping around ah, you know you've seen dave Chappelle. he's he's yeah. a master of his craft man master Which, of his craft last time i checked is like essentially a requirement of being a stand-up comedian it's about like taking things that that are ordinarily really hard to talk about that no one else wants to talk about absolutely and, and either making fun of them or trying to make people laugh at that like it's- uh, you know, so. we say it every week, almost every week on here when we're doing somebody like Dave Chappelle or something like that. We're like, listen, if you're going to listen to this with us, just don't don't listen to this and then get all pissed off because it's comedy. Like, it's just a joke. Calm down. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, just just a joke. Got to take it for what Yeah. It is. Like uh, <clears throat> my uh, my best friends in this world. The, the reason that you know that they're my best friends is that they're the people who make fun of me the most. Like, that's exactly right, 100%. That's, uh, tell that's, people that. that's a requirement of being friends with me. It's like you have to be able to make fun of me. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love to – I always tell people, man, if I wasn't messing with you, if I wasn't messing with you, that means I don't like you. Yep. I, it's, uh, without a doubt, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same way. It's my favorite thing to do is give somebody a hard time. So, Adam, is there a Mount Rushmore that you would love to – to see or hear is there one in your mind that you're like 
This would be a good Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'm instantly, <clears throat> God, it's like you have an idea in your head and you think, you immediately think, oh, that would be good. And then you start to think about it. It's like, oh, God, that would be hard. Yeah. You know, like like Mount Rushmore of albums. Um, Ooh. Mount Rushmore. Like, I, I'm a big reader. I love to read. So, like, my Mount Rushmore of books would be, it would be tough. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure. So, so we've done this for probably close to a hundred episodes. We've had, maybe not that many, probably maybe about fifty or sixty episodes that we've done this. And I can tell you, we we've been running out of things to do, uh, and we definitely have not done the Mount Rushmore of books. Yeah, green eggs and ham. Yeah, uh, let's see. <laughs> for the two of us, that's tough. Does Sports Illustrated for kids count? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you could do, um, you know, you could do Mount Rushmore's of like professional stadiums, like yep, that maybe you've one. been to. Yep. Um, we've done we've done that one. That was a fun one. Oh, you have you yep, done that one? We've done that one. Yep, we've done the and we made it in. It, we just did stadiums in general, but it it was it ended up being all stadiums we've been to. So, yeah. You know what would be a good one, and you may have done this already is Mount Rushmore of your favorite TV characters or the best TV characters of all time. TV characters. Yeah, we've done yeah, TV yeah. shows. We've done movies. We've done a lot of stuff with the TV, but we've never done characters. Yeah, oh, so like you can get real. You can get real specific. I know? mean, two 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 of my uh, two of my Mount Rushmore TV shows was Seinfeld and Murphy Brown. So right off the bat, I got to put those in my because it's the named after them. Right? Your Mount Rushmore <laughs> would be Jerry Seinfeld, George Costanza, Kramer, <laughs> and Elaine Dennis. <laughs> Murphy Brown was way better than Elaine. Gotcha. That's right. <laughs> you don't even know what Murphy. You may not even know what Murphy Brown is. Probably Adam. I don't know. No, yeah, that one, uh, that one's beyond me. Yeah, that's a early '90s, early '90s sitcom from back in the day. She was a, she was a news, she was a news anchor. Anyway, it's, yeah, Candace Bergman was who played Murphy Brown. Okay, yeah, I know that name. Yeah. All right, so thank you, Adam, because it's my turn this week to do a Mount Rushmore, and I had nothing, so I appreciate you sounds, giving me some sound, ideas. There sounds like it's going to be hey. TV characters this week. I'm happy to help out. Yeah, any way I can. Well, hey, listen, next time we have you on, which hopefully uh, isn't isn't too far away, we will. Uh, I'll let you know for sure what the Mount Rushmore is in advance, or even let you throw one out there if you want. So. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, that's I'm in. That sounds good, Adam. Before you get out of here, how do people follow you on the on the tweet box and uh, and and the best way to read all your stuff? Yeah, so everything goes up on Cincinnati.com, and I'm pretty active on Twitter as as Adam and Chris know. Uh, my handle is just Adam the letter J, Baum B A U M. I love Excellent. it. I love it. Well, Adam, as a, as always, we appreciate it. Uh, go Panthers this weekend. And hopefully these musketeers can live up to their name and and uh, push this thing into March pretty deep. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that'd be fun, man. Thanks as always for having me on, guys. Thanks, thanks, thanks Adam. Adam. Have a good one, buddy. Take care, boys. See you. There it is, Adam Baum, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you what, what what a good sport he was on for almost an hour. Like I was trying to help him out and get him out of here like in forty minutes, and he he pushed to stay in on this thing. I, him and Bobby both uh, are the only ones that have 
really seem to be intrigued by the Mount Rushmore thing and, yeah. and are both very, we're, have both been involved in that very they've much. Been, so yeah, they've been so cool about looking up, looking up stuff. Yeah. Doing some research. I mean, Adam's yeah. got the biggest story of his life and his, the biggest <laughs> thing he's ever done in work ever. <laughs> and he took time out to, uh, to look up some Jersey numbers for us. That's awesome. I That's love. so cool. So anyway, Adam Baum, Adam J B A U M on the tweet box. And, um, yeah, so that's that talks about that's sports for the day. That's the Mount Rushmore for the day, which leads us to the last thing, which I have not wrote. I only write something down here real quick. Uh, I'm gonna write what I'm rating uh, the latest Chad Daniels at. I'm gonna get okay. So I got that written down, and uh, let's talk about Chad Daniels, bud. Really quick before that. Oh, sorry. Should I we something? do our NFL picks? Oh, for NFL week picks. We definitely got to do NFL picks. Yeah. So for week seven, which was last week, uh, I went. I actually had a two in one week, which um, is nice. Yeah. Here, this is why Adam didn't want to skip it. And you actually had a one in two week. Ooh. You actually had a week that you didn't have at least two wins. Man, yeah, it's a first time for everything. I'll tell you what. Double in game. and in my weekly pick them that I do, like where I pick all the games. Uh, I'm pretty sure I only got two games right <laughs> out of all however many there were. It was yeah. a bad week for me. I was in fourth place out of 60-some guys, and I last week dropped me all the way down to 35th. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I got three right. I got three picks right. I got the Titans, the Seahawks, and, and the Lions. Anyway, that's Jeez. besides the point. All right, so on the year, I'm 9-12 and 12 now, and you're 12-9. and nine. Still a pretty comfortable lead for you there. Uh, but week eight is what we're coming up on now. Chris, I'll tell you, first of all, I want to offer you the chance to go first. No, absolutely not. And you are obviously going to deflect (laughs) and let me go first (laughs) because that's the way we do it. Um, Okay, you know, I was a Cincinnati Bengals naysayer going into this. Obviously, if you listen to our episode with with Andre Edwards, uh, the Bengals preview uh, mm-hmm. And I had I picked the lowest number of wins for the Bengals. I think they're already. I believe at, they've at, already surpassed. I think so. Yeah, yeah I picked I, four I, or five. I wins. think you had about four or five wins, and they're at five <laughs> and two right now. So I need them to lose every game from here on out. Isn't it a two? To, like the two worst though. I can't remember it's how the, it works. The, the person with the worst. Yeah, it's it's the lowest number. Losing. It's just lowest number. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. Um, I'm warming up the old vocal cords here. <clears throat> yeah, I can't wait to hear you sing. But, I feel uh, like last time when I sang, I feel like I would do it differently. Yeah. I started singing a little Boys the Men, I think it was, and I got into it too much, and I started to get a little loud. I feel like if I would have kept it a little soft, hmm. I feel like it would have sounded much better. Okay. Just right. get a little, little, word of, little word of advice, man. The microphone does a lot to your voice. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. I know. I hear it every <clears throat> week when I listen back to this thing, and I'm like, ugh. All right, so the Bengals are 10.5-point favorites on the road against the, well, the New York Jets. So, yeah, um, I, I I think I'm jumping on board this week, and I'm taking the mm, Bengals, even with that man, giant spread on the road. Jeez, oh, Pete, these big spreads scare me to death. All right, taking the Bengals, get, jumping on the bandwagon. Here it comes. Here, here make I room. Am. Make room on, on the wagon. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to Buffalo where the – Williams are a 13 and a half point favorite against the Miami dolphin fish. So, <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Buffalo another giant spread and I'm going with a favorite in that, man. It's a weird, There's been a lot of big spreads weird. over the last couple of weeks. There, All has, right. there have been, um, 
And they've been they've been they've covered they've covered yeah yeah. yeah. Philadelphia Eagles are a three point favorite on the road in Detroit. I'm I don't know why I have no explanation for this. I'm taking the Eagles with those three, and um, so I've got the Bengals, Bills, and Eagles. All right. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so thank you. I'm going to tell you right off the bat that I this game doesn't make a lick of sense to me. I don't know if I'm missing something. I know the Colts have played better here the last couple weeks, but we do this podcast on Wednesday night. We do these spreads off ESPNs when whatever it says on Wednesday night, you know, eleven o'clock at night, and and the Colts are a one point favorite on here over the Titans. At home, I guess. That makes zero sense to me. I, I don't I don't get it. I would take the Titans to win this game outright. I would take the Titans. I don't know who would take the Colts to win this game. Unless I'm missing something, did Derrick Henry get hurt in practice because he just threw a touchdown pass, ran into, <laughs> like the dude did everything last week. They beat the living breaks off of uh, Kansas City last week, and Kansas City is thought to be the greatest team in the entire world going into this season. So I'm I'm a little corn-fused on that. I know they just came out and beat the 49ers pretty well, but still, it just doesn't make a lick of sense. I'm taking the Titans, man. I'm taking the Titans. Um, plus one. It's so weird to say that. That's <laughs> makes, I feel like that's the easiest win there is. Um, and then let's see here. Now we've got, after that, let's go. I don't like that Lions-Eagles game at all. Um, the Lions really have played pretty good football and could possibly have two wins. I mean, last week was a tough one for them, but they could possibly have a couple wins on this season uh, if not for just some bad luck at the end. So I'm jumping on this. You're going Eagles, three and a half. I'm taking, uh, was it three or three and a half? Three. Okay. That's weird because I got three and a half, but that's all right. I'll take the Lions. I'll take the Lions. Uh, see, isn't that weird? We're both looking at ESPN. I got it. It says three and a half on mine, and yours says three. I don't understand take, it. Take three and a half. Take that one on on yours, unless you want three. No, 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 no. I'll do the same as you. We'll do. I'll go plus three. So I'll take the Lions plus three. Um, I don't know why it feels like a bad bet, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, and then last but not least, that Falcons Panthers game is gonna suck. I don't want to touch that because God knows what's gonna happen there. Dolphins Bills. I don't know why you would bet that game. Good luck to you. Um, Brown Steelers, that's another crappy game I wouldn't want to mess with. There's not a lot of really good games in here. Maybe just making me want to go to this Rams minus 14.5 over the Texans. I say they beat the brakes off of them. So wow. I'm going to take the Rams. I hate those big spreads, but I feel like I got a couple dogs in there. Might as well take the big one. So let's go. 14.5, right? 14.5. Got it. All right, so once again, that's a Wednesday night or whatever time one of our phones isn't playing well with, with the other. So um, however that works, that's what, that's what it is. That, my friend, will bring us to Chad Daniels, Twelfth Night, which we found out what Twelfth Night meant. He's only done 12 nights of comedy in a calendar year. That, my friend, is impressive. And uh, he's had some stuff going on, seems like, in his life. Got some because he it, it was a little different for, than the last than the Chad Daniels. This was a different. He seemed like a different dude almost. Uh, I liked it. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you start off though. 
Yeah, he, t- he talked a little bit. I mean, he did mention his kids, of course, plenty of times, but it was a little bit less than that, you know, it was, dad channels. Yeah, this was um, more, this was more, uh, this was more of uh, uh, things that suck about divorce and stuff and, and got into some weird things. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, he talked about a lot of different things here. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not even going to do any specific jokes, tell you any specific jokes, but this, I was, I liked almost every single joke in this thing i thought he was this guy when i when i was watching this i was like for some reason and adam just mentioned him tom segura is one of the biggest comics now and i was kind of comparing the two of them and i'm like i agree with that i'm like chad daniels is every bit as good as tom segura in my opinion and tom segura is this very well-known guy now he's on tour he was he just did a show the other night with dave Chappelle, joe rogan and somebody else, one of the other pretty, biggest comics yeah. in the world. Everybody loves that dude too. Like everybody yeah. you ever hear, they always put Tom Segura as one of their top. Like all the comedians, yeah. all active comedians, always talk about Tom Segura as, and how great he is. And Chad Daniels is, I think, just as good. And I'm like, I don't know why this guy isn't more well known. I don't know why more people don't talk about him. I think he was this special was fantastic just as good or better than his last one which i thought was really really good too Mm -hmm. um i don't know i right now i can't get enough of this guy i gave it a 4.8 wow 4.8 i gave it a 4.4 wow uh it it, it, once again the the, there we won't get into too too many jokes i was laughing really hard i originally wanted to give it a 4.6 for some reason i saw that i gave dave Chappelle a 4.7 and it's like all right bro you ain't the goat you know what i mean like chill out you ain't the goat so um i did i did knock it back a little bit uh stupid reasons i probably should just give him a 4.6 anyway it's over it's done um but i gotta say man the the volleyball the volleyball stuff when i was staring at my brick <laughs> was the funniest thing in the entire world because i had we've had the i don't know if we've had this conversation but i've had this conversation before of why why are little middle school girls wearing those shorts why are any why why do do any of them we've had this conversation we've had this conversation on the podcast i don't know why look when college volleyball is on espn or you know any other or olympics or whatever yeah i don't mind of course not okay but yeah, I mean, even even at that level where everyone's age it appropriate and all that, and attractive and all that, it it doesn't make sense. I don't it understand it why. Make sense. And you can't tell me because we need to be able to move quickly and stuff. You can wear regular shorts and move just as well. Chad Dan is like, they're in, well, how about give them basketball shorts? It's the same gym. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially like yeah, smaller girls or middle school or or less like. Let them wear basketball shorts. Who cares? Oh, Let them wear so, jeans if you want and to. And this is the stuff that this is the stuff where you got to be careful with, right? So like, like Chad Daniels is talking about thirteen-year-old camel toe, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. a tough thing to talk about and not make yourself sound terrible. And he did a good job of it because he's like, I didn't want to, but I mean, how do you not see that, right? And that's one of those things. What do you say? Every other dad just would act like they'd act like it's not there. Yeah. He's like, no way, man. No, it's there. I don't like it. I don't want it there. Like, give them some regular shorts. <laughs> These guys talk about word economy all the time. Yes. Like, they switch. They take, like, one word out and move it four words back in a sentence. Or what? I mean, Jerry Seinfeld is huge on that. Yep. A lot of guys talk about that. And that's what it takes. I mean, he probably... 
he probably thought of that joke and and rewrote it in, in his mind 200 times before mm-hmm. he got to where you know he was able to do it like you said yeah. where it's there's nothing you know you 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 hear him say the words first and then you're like whoa 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 and then, <laughs> everybody's like and then he's <laughs> yeah and then he's he does it perfectly and I he mean, lets a pause go for a second so he can let everybody get all offended you know, for a second he's like well what's wrong with you Wait, hold on a second now i'm not a bad dad i wasn't looking for it when i walked in <laughs> so anyway like a good dad i just stared straight across i don't watch the games i listen to them <laughs> I stare at my brick <laughs> stares at a brick across. anyway that that was a joke that stood out to me it's pretty funny so good. um uh, yeah, there you go. De- definitely listen to it. We both gave it really high scores for what we what we do on this podcast. So Chad Daniels, Twelfth Night, well done as always. Um, but I'll tell you what, for talking to Adam for forty five for fifty minutes, uh, we we ran through the end of this thing. We sure did. We sure did. Which man. is good. We should do that every week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I we just you. have to pick a Mount Rushmore and a comedy special for next week. I like it. And um, Adam gave us two fantastic suggestions for Mount Rushmore's that I, I want to use both of them. Um, so for this week, I think I'm going to go with his suggestion about albums, but I'm going to go specifically, let's go specifically 90s albums. Ooh, Any right. album that came out in oh, the 1990s. I got, my, I got my top one, without a doubt. Yeah. My number one, number one top. I got two. I got two right off the bat, but one for sure. Top, top. I ain't I'm, putting it I'm, out there. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of one Are that you? I think is one of yours. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. I don't know. You never know. Never know. Never know. It's. Um. No, that wasn't the one that came to my head right away. But no, now you Live, have number three. <laughs> Live was Live's a great album, but you know that was more my dad. Like my dad loved that. I, it had two songs on, three songs on it. I li- I really loved. Mm-hmm. It was a great album. I don't know that I'm putting that in my top four. You got to remember, man. That like the '90s. That's that's our era, oh, bud. That's yeah, how we is. grew up. Like in 1990, I was seven years old. From seven to 17 is like the prime of my music upbringing. Sure, there's a lot of really good music that came out then. Like you still had singing groups then, which mm-hmm. there are no singing groups anymore. It's just boy bands. There's right. no singing groups. There's no boys to men's. There's no. Um, uh, Joe J- to yeah, see or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. I almost said Jada kiss. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but there's no there's no bands that release. There's no new bands that release that release records now. It's all old bands that do anything anymore. You never hear any new like you had Bush, you had Live, you had Silverchair. We went through this before, and yeah. in the '90s, I mean, you're talking about Nirvana. Even though they came out in the '80s, their biggest album was in '94 with with uh, uh, Nevermind. So I mean, this is gonna be fun, bud. This is gonna be a tough one. But I'm my number one's a hip hop album. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Number one, top of the top of the list. I knew it front and back, every single song, every single word, except for one song that I refused to listen to because I would listen to it at night, and it scared me to death, and I would turn it off. We've talked about it on this podcast before. <laughs> Boys in the Hood is the scariest song in the entire world when you're six years old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I am, I, I've, got, I've, I've, got a, I've got a good, I like that, man, 90s. 
albums. This and that's a big genre of stuff right there, man. Oh, it can be anything, yeah. <sighs> and yeah, we I think we both listen to different kinds Everything. of music. A yes. lot of a lot of rap, yep. a lot of alternative, yep. a lot of grunge or whatever. Yeah, yep. the alternative wave really came through that grunge alternative wave. Pearl Jam had Prodigy came out in the nineties. That was an amazing album. Um, man, Smashing there's pumpkins had a couple good ones. Yes, there's some yeah. really good ones. I when did uh see and then see and I got it's gonna be tough because then I when I got into high school, there's there's some really good hip hop that was like ninety eight, ninety nine, mm-hmm. and I would consider that more two thousands. Like I'm pretty sure Ja Rule's first uh first album that he came out with was like ninety nine, and that thing was back to back to back to back to back hits. I mean, he only had two good albums, and they were all number one hits on every, every song so uh i don't know man this is gonna be tough dude this is gonna mm-hmm. be tough i wonder yeah, if give it some thought yeah i wonder if country grammar came out in the 90s or 2000s i'm gonna have to look that one up too mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite ones back in the day this is gonna be fun um <laughs> i think i've said about 12 we've said about 12 of them i was still listening to music at that time in my life <laughs> you're using all those i'm adding number 33 number three number 24 number 20 that's right <laughs> to my mount rushmore. <laughs> to your mount rushmore of uh, jersey numbers all right so that means i gotta go with a comedy special so i'm gonna tell you what i did so so at the end of this special uh that we just watched chad daniels um this thing popped up and i thought it said 1980s or something but it's uh 80 800 pound gorilla records yeah and uh looks like so i jumped on it and it looks like they do. They've got a bunch of different, um, a bunch of different comedy specials on here. Some old stuff, like a Norm, like a five minute Norm McDonald set, mm. you know, from when he was looks like he was in his twenties. Yeah. Um, but then they've got some new stuff on here too, right? Like Chad Daniels was two weeks ago. Uh, they've got this. And the the newest one on here came out six days ago. I love doing people I don't know. Never heard this dude, Jason Weems. Okay. All right, it's just it's literally titled "Unknown Full Comedy Special." Eight hundred pound Gorilla Records. It's their it's the newest. Uh, if you go to YouTube and go to eight hundred pound Gorilla Records, it's the uh, first comedy special on the list. Just came out six days ago. Jason Weems, W E E M S, unknown. Unknown. Unknown is the is the name of the of the album. So. Yeah, that's what that's what we're gonna do. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal it straight off of the straight. You stole one from Adam. I stole one off of uh, what I watched the other night. So, good to go. All right. Well, brother, I think that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, we may have a world's. Well, I don't know. Did uh, did the Astros stay up tonight? That's a good question to to find out. So, last night the Braves won. Tonight the Astros were up five to one going into the fifth or sixth that I was watching. Uh, before we came down to do the podcast, of course, as I turn this on, it takes forever. Yeah, so they did end up winning. So Houston, so it's tied one game to one. Uh, so one, two, three. So there is a chance if somebody sweeps out from here on out that I mean it could be over, or or possibly eight o'clock on Wednesday, November third, would be Game Seven. Here's what I'm thinking. Tell me what you think. I'm gonna have to quit coaching so I can watch that game. Oh, you'll be coaching no, at that I'm time. Just I know. Actually, no, because these games come on at eight o'clock. Midnight, so yeah. Well, this and, is eight o'clock game. What yeah. time are you done coaching? What time? What's practice? Set, practice till seven thirty. It'll work out fine. Oh man, I was gonna say maybe we do a live podcast just watching the game together. Ooh. 
I think that would be three and a half hour podcast. <laughs> I just thought of that too. Yeah, that's gonna be a long <laughs> podcast, isn't it? All right, never mind. So again, we will not make it three and a half hours. I'll fall asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep on Halloween. Yeah, game five. Yep, game five will be on Halloween, um, and that's an eight fifteen game. So that'll be right at the is is trick or treating six to nine or is it six to eight? Probably six to eight with COVID, I guess, because. I think they're still saying so shouldn't be, because go because of uh, because of COVID they're going to kick it down an hour so you could still go but you just got to go an hour less. I think I think they might still be saying I thought probably it was six to eight. not to go. But I thought it was six to eight anyway. Yeah, I think I think it is anyway. I had the, I, th- I feel like it might have been six to nine when we were younger. Like I feel like it was much. Longer I feel like I just we was younger. out all night. Yeah. Uh, so last year I had the COVID candy shoot. I got a piece of six inch pipe. And uh, we'll just throw candy at kids through a piece of pipe. It was pretty fun. Uh, I think I'm going back to handing candy out this year. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm thinking about I never hand out candy, but I'm thinking about just getting a big bowl and dumping a bunch of stuff in it and putting them on my porch. Just and, leaving just say, it. and just say take one. Take one. You should say take four. You got a better chance of somebody not taking a whole bucket if you say take four. <laughs> as, soon as, a, as soon as anybody over 12 comes up, yeah, it's all gone anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I never did that. I was always very respectful of, of the bucket. I was always very respectful of the bucket. Of course. Whenever there was still candy left in the bucket, mm-hmm. when if you got there in time. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if you go up there and there's, you know, uh, I don't know, Mike and Ike's in it or something like that, you're like, never mind, I'll skip this house. What? You don't like Mike and Ike's? Nah. What's wrong with you? Ju- what was the, what's the other one? Jude. Uh, Ju- Juju, juju fruit those juju, are disgusting juju, juju. yeah, yeah. i the feel like they're the purple same and white thing. ones not even close not even close they are so far from i mean they look the same hmm. totally different candy that juju fruit or juke whatever that thing is that's the grossest thing in the entire <laughs> world those purple and white things disgusting hmm. mike and ike's good. them are good bud them are good hmm. them are good if you go to the candy side of thing, not the chocolate side, you go to the candy side, that might be top five. That might hit the Mount Rushmore. Wow. Mike and Ike's might hit the Mount Mike Rushmore for me. Smarties are definitely up there. No, nah, we can't yeah. do that. That's in it. We've done it, haven't we? Have we done have sweets? We done candy? Dude, we've done just sweets, though, and took the chocolate out of it. I'm did saying we? take the chocolate out of it. Yeah. And it turns into a different Mount Rushmore. Uh, maybe we, maybe, yeah. Because I think I did two, two candies and two chocolates when uh, I did I mine. Think you're right. Anyway, here we go. Rambling on at the end of the podcast, we don't know how to end them. So next week we'll have our picks, our NFL picks as always. We'll have the World Series to talk about. We will have, um, yeah, we'll probably have a winner of the World Series, or at least be listening and watching in on Game Seven. And uh, then we've got uh, what's his name, Chad Weems, I think was his name, something Weems, Jason, Jason Weems, unknown. And we've got the uh, Mount Rushmore of '90s albums. Can't wait. And uh, we'll see you guys then. Don't forget to turn your headlights on.